Hello, and welcome to Peer Pressure Reviews. My name is Christopher McBride, and I will be your host for the foreseeable future, because I don't think there's going to be any uh, new hosts coming in to replace me. Uh, today we'll be talking about the comparison and contrast between Justice League from 2017 to the new Justice League that just came out, the Snyder Cut of 2021. Uh, to give you a bit of a brief synopsis about myself, uh, I never really wanted to start a podcast. Um, it, it never really interests me. Uh, I also never really thought that my opinion mattered on a bunch of these different things. Um, but I always had the hobby of loving movies, TV, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. I've always been a big fan of it, always used to watch it. Uh, it's just been something that's always interested me. Uh, any kind of way that someone can just put this kind of art form on it on for display is incredible. And I'd say that for any Broadway play or any kind of illustration of art that can just be expressed in a way that can reach you is something that can be profound. And for me, it was movies and TV to see someone throwing different kind of emotions out there and trying to throw you into their new reality that they've just come up in their own heads is to me an incredible experience and i always thoroughly enjoy it every time i watch <laughs> a good movie the other ones you know it's mainly a, a check your brain and out the door kind of thing and you just kind of go for the ride for the most part and just kill time um the reason why I started doing this was because uh, New Year's Eve, my dad, my friend Dan, he um, he came to me and he said that I should start a podcast. And I was so confused by that because I was like, I can't, I I wouldn't know what to do, wouldn't know what to, wouldn't know what to talk about. My other friend Josh literally told me why don't you do a movie podcast? Like you do all these you talk about all these different things. It goes way over our heads, but we know there's other people out there who would actually be interested in what you have to say. And I thought about it and gave it a shot. And the first thing I did was go on to my friend's Josh's podcast, the fire to happiness. That's a fire with the number two happiness. If you want to go check out his podcast, he's got some stuff there, uh, mainly about life business uh, different parts that he loves to talk about with his friends. Uh, I'm on one of those episodes because I wanted to see what it was like. And I I enjoyed talking about it. I mean, we talked about mainly about our, our friendship for 30 minutes. And then I went into an hour and a half of, uh, of movie talk about all these different other movies that he, he brought up during the whole, uh, the whole podcast episode. So I figured I might as well give it a shot. So, like I said, this is going to be the type of podcast that's going to be focused more into movies, TV, and entertainment news. Uh, it's, it's going to be stuff that I'm going to be able to pick up on from the stuff that I am uh, subscribed to, also looking up, uh, because I want to know as much as possible before I watch something, especially if I'm very interested in it, which I am when it comes to stuff like this, because I am a nerd when it comes to different kind of pod different kind of uh comic book stuff and other other sci-fi 
uh, entertainment uh, as well. I will actually possibly do a Godzilla versus Kong uh, review. I have to wait until uh, until Wednesday for that. And right now it's Tuesday, and I'm already uh, grinding my teeth and clenching my fists to try to try to get uh, to try to get a glimpse of it. It's just it's it's killing me because this that that movie. Oh, you know, you, you year ago today it should have been it should have already came out, but. COVID happened, reshoots, and it gets pushed back so many different times and never once got a trailer for it. It just, you know, you always just wanted a little piece of it. Now they gave us a whole bunch of pieces, and now all I want to do is just freaking watch it more. So it's rated as a uh, 81, 81% of Rotten Tomatoes at, the, at this point. And I think Rotten Tomatoes is starting to give those kind of movies a different perspective because they starting to look at it as a monster movie, not a person with a monster movie. You know, there's different things like, you know, you want to look at how an actor acts during the whole thing. But when it comes to these kind of monster movies, when it's just mainly the attraction of seeing giant monsters on screen, the actors and the story and the plot are just there to kind of set up the plot to talk about what's about to happen. They're like the narrators in a book. You don't really pay attention much to the narrator. You pay attention to the story. And the story is Godzilla versus Kong and the fight that's about to ensue. So you're not really interested in the narrators. You, you respect that the narrator is going to set you up for all this shenanigans you're about to witness but you don't really give much thought process to them you kind of almost throw them to the wind like this is giant monsters going on in the background i'm not paying attention to the small ants on the ground here it's it's just the kind of the way it always been and i've always just loved those kind of movies to begin with anyway just because uh television wise there was or movie wise there was never really anything out there that resembled a giant monster movie, except for Godzilla and all those other movies that, that were attributed to it. So I'm definitely excited. Uh, I even watched the one that was from 1962 and boy, that was, whew, that is a rough one. I mean, I watched, I only watched the English dub version of that movie and and boy, the, the 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 lines, the the stuff that's said, the stuff that's brought up is just ridiculous. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. The whole thing is just so outrageous. I mean, you know, to give you a summary, uh, the only way Kong wins is because of the fact that he gains the ability to harness lightning because he gets struck by it. So. I mean, it's just, it was just, it was, uh, it was one of those things you kind of go in for the ride on that one. I can't say that was a good one or, or, or necessarily a bad one, considering there are some pretty bad monster movies out there, but I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm also going on to a different, uh, track than what I wanted to talk about during this episode. So. 
to give a non-spoiler review, and then I'll jump into a spoiler review for anybody who's actually seen it and would like to hear a different perspective on it, or just my perspective in general. Uh, for the non-spoiler review, I have to say this was a really solid movie. I mean, you you, you have to give Zack Snyder credit for, for sticking it out as long as he did, because... You know, with what happened with his with his family. I mean, if anything, I'll give you guys a synopsis of what happened to him, because everybody thought that he had to leave um, for many different reasons, and, and thought it was mainly the production company pushing him out. But it was actually a family death. His daughter died. Autumn Snyder died. I'm not entirely sure what the cause was. I don't even think it's out there in the news. I mean, who would want to talk about that? And I would never want to pry into someone else's um, family affairs, especially when it comes to that. It's it's private and should stay private. And he had to leave, couldn't bring himself to finish the movie, and understandable. It's completely understandable. What are you going to do in that situation? You can't force a guy to do it. Um, everybody respected his decision. And then they brought in Josh Whedon, who did both Avengers, the first two Avengers movies. And they asked him to finish up uh, Justice League. And he came in, he saw the movie, what was done, and decided to do a whole bunch of reshoots. Changed the whole dynamic of the movie. Unbeknownst to everybody who was uh, ready to watch it, we all thought we were just watching Zack Snyder's movie and Josh Whedon was just like fixing it up a little bit, like fixing up the ending and just settling it. And that's I think I honestly and I don't know if Warner Brothers knew that too. I can't assume. But I will say that if Warner Brothers did know that it wasn't necessarily finished and he also was doing all these reshoots, they should have saw something before and, and apparently they did they saw it did not really uh go for it that much but they wanted it out they needed it to come out they couldn't delay it anymore they were trying to get um they were trying to get traction for their uh competition against uh you know marvel and Marvel wasn't really coming out with anything in 2017. Uh, I think they only came out with Spider-Man, actually, at that time. And then they were to come out with Thor Ragnarok in November. So yeah, they they already they were already and they were already setting it up for Infinity War, and they basically thought to themselves like they need to come out with something quick before Infinity War blows them out of the water, which it was already going to do. It, it, you 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 have a culmination of like 20. 19 films like you're not gonna you're not gonna survive um three uh, you're not your your survival is very limited if you're going to go against it with three movies from the previous and then just do a whole big justice league movie it's not going to happen it's not was there's just never going to fully work but you know i digress and anyway they said apparently in an interview recently they came out before a snyder cut saying that the movie was actually trash like they use the words trash now how do you let a movie like that go on is beyond me don't 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 want to question it at all 
And but but because of this, when the move when Justice League came out in 2017, they removed Zack Snyder from all future projects. Said no, we're done with you. You had your shot and you blew it. And everybody was kind of in agreement with that, saying that this movie really wasn't what we thought it was going to be. It was kind of, for me, it was really kiddish. It kind of, you know, it, it wasn't really what I was expecting to come out of like a serious film. Like you come out with those Man of Steel, um, uh, Batman vs Superman, even Wonder Woman. Uh, this and and the and Suicide Squad too, but like with with the, with I'm mainly gonna not talk about uh, the Suicide Squad because they basically squashed it and said it never happened. I'm like, okay, sure. But Wonder Woman, Batman Shoot Man, and Man of Steel had a very serious outlook on the DC universe and how you just change that to like this fun loving kids thing kind of really dis- doesn't sit well with people who are watching this movie who know what they're what they're trying to basically go in for but then get something completely and totally different and honestly lacking in the areas that they wanted to wanted to be in um but Snyder the Snyder cut really changed that whole vibe it was just so much more serious it had a angle on it where you understood that the bad guy was serious it wasn't this philosophical you know uh deranged guy i mean like honestly i never really thought much of steppenwolf to begin with and then when i saw the movie i was like i'm not really sure i would say that he was this nut job i mean like basically that's what he was he was talking as if he was bringing in the next big thing, but it was just so anticlimactic when he did it. It was just, it was, it was, he really never fought anybody. It was so, they, I mean, like, if he's going to do reshoots, at least try to get some fight scenes going on in here. Like, show us his strength, but he really didn't. Like, it wasn't really all that what it was cracked up to be. Um, but yeah, then to continue my story with, with, uh, how the film, uh, the film was made. So when the movie came out, people kept panning, panning Zack Snyder. And also the fact that since he got kicked off Warner brothers, they basically just forgot about him, said, okay, no more. We're going to go to with individual films and we're going to work on, we're going to focus on that. Try to build up what they should have done in the first place, but you know, greed kind of blinds you to the um, to the future or you know possible futures that are out there for for people, I guess. And so they decided to go with you know individual films, and they started having a lot of success with that. They did Aquaman, they did Shazam, they did Birds of Prey, they did all these different movies. started to come out and they started making a lot of success with it. And truth be told, they've been solid. They've been pretty good and I'm, I'm happy with them. What we didn't know was that Zack Snyder came out and said, 
and Twitter, this doesn't even have any rec- like recollection to what I actually made. This movie is not what I made. It's not what I put together. It's not my movie. I think 10% of this movie is me and the rest is someone else. And then people started saying, wait a minute, is there like a cut of your movie? Should we like, can you, can you get that out? Like everybody was going for the Snyder cut then and everybody, the whole Twitter and hashtag, you know, released the Snyder cut came out. Also actors started getting into it too, because they started to say that, yeah, this, this was not what we signed up for that the movie we wanted was the one that he did. And we did not get that from Josh Whedon at all. And Ray Fisher, which now I now realizing why he was so uptight about everything coming into this, because him and Flash have serious character development in this movie and never got that in the previous one. And it's just so evident that it makes the movie so much better than having them just be some side characters, but actually have their own little story being put into this and starting to show what the next things are going to be for these characters. And it, it, they they look great. They look so good in this form. It's 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 sad to see that it was taken out because it it makes it makes them it makes them look sad that they are that all of this was just was just never put into the movie. You 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 try to put cliff notes into a movie to try to give a huge character development and that's not going to work. You need to put a nice little basis for these guys because otherwise, you know, it's it's never really going to take and nobody's really going to go for them. I mean, the only one you really got you're, you're, that you have coming back is Jason Momoa and Wonder Woman for your individual films. And that's because people like Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones and other movie and other stuff he's done because he's just that charismatic character. And Gal Gadot also has been an amazing Wonder Woman and everybody's loving her as this character. And she's so awesome at just being this incredible fighting machine. And it's, that's the only thing they're going for. And they literally left everybody by the wayside, everybody else, because why? Because there was no character development. There was no turn to the turn, turn to making a possible continuation for any of these people. It was, it wasn't what anybody expected. And when everybody kept saying to release a Steiner cut, it was a pipe dream. It was never going to happen. It was foolhardy to think that something like this was possibly going to happen. You know, you get the director's cut when, you know, director's done the whole thing and says, you know what, there's some scenes that we we didn't put in because it was going to be too long, but here you go. Then you get that because studios get a lot of money from it, but they weren't going to get any money from Justice League because it, it panned. It didn't do well. I got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Got even lower on a media uh, uh, critic, and it was uninspiring. It was lame. It was very, very dull, and and corny. Oh, corny! And I can go into that in depth, actually. And oh, what was I saying? Oh, I totally lost it. 
see, this is going to happen a couple of times. I'm just going to go on it. I'm going to go on a tangent and I'm going to have something and I'm going to lose it real quick. And then I'm going to come back to it. I just know it. So, oh, got it. So when COVID hit, Warner Brothers, like all the other movie studios, were conflicted. They had no idea what to do next. They were so worried they were going to lose so much money from just this entire year. That entire year, nobody was going to, everybody was going to be in the red. Like nobody was going to actually going to be in the black on any of this. It was, they were worried. They were really worried they were going to, they were going to flounder the whole time. So what did they do? They revisited all these different projects that were, that were in the mix, in the works. And of course, what did they think about? They thought about doing the Snyder Cut. They said, you know what? We'll throw $70 million at you, Zach, and you finish your movie, and we're going to put it out there for everybody. Put it on HBO Max, and we'll also put it out for, all, for, for everybody in the world. He said, okay. He did it. Everybody came in, no muss, no fuss about doing their reshoots. They did not protest. Nobody said a word about it. Everybody was fine with it. And then, months before, they found out that he underestimated the value of the movie. Because everybody wanted to see this. Every single country was asking for this movie. And it's hard to put it out there because of COVID at this time and on top of that hbo max does not go everywhere and they want it in the theaters so they had to re redistribute all of it they had to shovel sh shovel it out to everybody and everybody wanted to see this movie so they got it got it sent out and when it came out i watched the night it came out it was incredible I was entertained for four hours. I was not bored in any sort of way because you think that you're going to be bored because you're watching, you're rewatching the movie in a different light. And that can be boring because you know what's going to happen. You have a general idea of what's going to take place. However, I have to say I wasn't because they changed the direction of the whole movie, you know, adding new villains putting a different spin on how the characters were going to come to the end of the story, also changing the entire ending. It puts you on a different track on this movie, and you're like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, 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 geez. I mean, it's, it was got R-rated, and people keep saying, like, oh, it only gets R-rated because it's got a couple of cuss words. Well, you know, it has... More than just a couple of cuss words. It's got a lot of brutal scenes. And that's mainly the reason why they had to go with the R rating. Because it definitely had nothing to do with the curse words. It was, had everything to do with just the, the sheer brutality of some, of some of these action scenes. And, you know, you're, you, were, you, were just so, you were just so much more entertained watching this because... It looked like a serious movie and not serious as in the tone was serious. No, no, no. This, this was something that everybody could watch and enjoy because it had all the, like the, the trademarks of something that anybody could really love to watch 
uh, it wasn't going to be some dull reenactment of what they try to do in the past. Uh, he didn't just, you know, put a couple scenes together just to fix everything up. No, no, no. He changed the whole way that previous movie looked, and it just made it so much better. And I think that's why it got re- recepted so much better because you're watching it. I mean, like how Rotten Tomatoes gave us 75% over 40, like from the last one, like who does that? And I don't think this, this has ever been done before where a movie has had one director change it completely. And then the other, the first director come back in and then redo his entire and re-show his real movie and just, you know, blow the original out of the water. I mean, you know, there's always the, like I said, there's always those extra scenes that get put in for a director's cut or extended edition because the director wanted more being put into this, but couldn't because theaters would never allow it and people would just never buy a four-hour or three-hour ticket. But the people who really love the movie, they will. And that's why they do it later on. But in this case... People are really gonna really bought into this movie because it just really entertained you for those four hours, and you were on the edge of your seat the entire time because you really wanted to see where this is going, and it really opens up uh, so many avenues for different movies, <sighs> which is very disappointing because Warner Brothers CEO has already come out and she said that she they are not produ- producing any movies that have come out. That are going to come from this whole uh, this whole Snyder cut, and I think that's I think that's a, a big mistake. I think that's a, just a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. I mean, hell, you're about to kick off to mention Godzilla vs. Kong again because it actually it actually does pertain to this because and I think people need to I think people need to stop being haters of this movie right now because. The, the Snyder, the Snyderverse people are like restore the Snyderverse guys on Instagram or try, and in Twitter. They're trying to destroy, to give bad reviews to the Godzilla versus Kong movie to make Warner Brothers look bad, so that one universe can fail, so the other one can succeed. They shouldn't try to do that because what should happen, what should be happening, is because they're already moving forward with a DC universe slate. It's not like they're stopping it. It's not like they're saying to like the Universal. Uh, try to do the dark universe uh, screwed up with two films and decided to say we'll call it quits no they decided to keep going with the dc universe however what what i don't agree with is the ceo saying that they don't want to pursue continuations of this film as in stuff that was shown there can be possibly shown in later films, which I think is a drastic mistake. I think, yeah, you can do an individual film that kind of doesn't talk about it, you know, kind of leaves it by the wayside, really doesn't like bring it up that much. I mean, if anything, the only thing that got brought up for uh, Justice League and Aquaman was the fact that Mira talks about... um, Aquaman killing, like defeating Steppenwolf, and that was it, and which does happen. However, they should, they should absolutely start talking more about this because how you let a good movie like this not be 
continued on is beyond me. And I think uh, people talk about saying that this was their best defense to fight against Marvel. And it's 100% correct because not only does it open it up to other movies that are going to be um, basically making the foundation for your next big hits moving forward like where where why would you why would you not want to go with something like this i it just makes no sense to me but you know i'm not in the i'm not in the movie business i'm in the talking about movie business so that doesn't give me the right to say i know everything it only gives me the right to be a bystander and observe and you know give my clairvoyance to what I think might will happen. And here, here's my clairvoyance on what I think is going to happen here. And then I will get into my spoiler review because technically what I'm saying here is not spoilers. It's just the fact that news has come out about all of this. What I think is going to happen is that they're going to go through, they just did under, they just did Wonder Woman 1984 and that did okay. Wasn't, quite what I thought Patty Jenkins was going to put out because I honestly love the first one so much. Like, she killed it the first time. Like, holy crap. It was so good. Uh, it it was what I thought Wonder Woman would be like. It's The story was so well told. It was so well put that I just didn't even need to be sold anymore. I was like, you know what? Done. Gal Gadot. Patty Jenkins. Holy crap. You guys did an amazing job. Like even, even like, you know, and obviously Chris Pine and everybody else did a great job as well. And that's, that's a given. But when it just, these two people were collabed together, whole oh, wow. It was so good. Second one was okay. It wasn't as great as the other one was. Um, I think that from now on, I think they're going to stick with a future um, storyline. I don't think they're going to go back to the past anymore. Maybe as flashbacks, but not not to not to an extreme extent anymore. Um, and then they're going to come out with they're going to come, they're they're going to come out with the Black Adam, the Batman, the Aquaman, the new Shazam movie. But what they don't do and If if they do, if they, what they don't do really well is they don't show connections, they don't show a possible collab, which is what everybody was so turned on about when it came to the Avengers and Marvel. You got that possible tie-in coming in for a post-credit scene, or it's in the movie somewhere. It's gonna pop up and you'll be like oh so that's when he's gonna come in all right cool that's awesome all right that's when that's oh she did that oh cool all right so without all of the tie-ins and the possible reason to collab what's the point of doing this universe when you can just do individual movies and call it a day like don't tease us and tell and tell us you're going to be doing this stuff when you're really not even considering what you want to do because you've just basically shot down your only points to do a, 
a collective universe with the to saying you don't want to ever do anything with uh, Zack Snyder's movie, which you got seventy million dollars to just do nothing with something. You you just put seventy million dollars out there just to get money back on your on that small investment, and maybe more on 2017's Justice League, and then you just wanted to call it a day. My take on all of this is the fact that I don't think Warner Brothers really thought this was going to do well. I don't think they thought this movie was going to be a solid success, and I don't think they thought this was going to be something that people were going to want more of. And that's a problem. Because now you're going to have to be tiptoeing back, trying to figure out how to fix everything, and that's how you got into this mess in the first place. So what's really going to have to happen is that Warner Brothers is going to have to have a sit down with the head of DC Films, and they're going to have to figure out next steps. Yes, you got a slot with a couple of DC extended universe movies in, w without including the Batman movie coming out with Robert Pattinson. You have all that set up, but what's the next step? What's the next thing that's going to be coming out? What's the new collab? What's the connection here? It's called the universe for a reason because everything is interconnected. But if you don't show the interconnections, what's the point? of calling it a universe. It's just back to being individual films that you've been doing for years. And honestly, people aren't interested in that anymore. They want to see the tie-in. They want to see the whole thing. They want to see the whole big mesh. That's why everybody's been doing these universe stuff. That's why Warner Brothers is about to is, is hopefully going to succeed with this Godzilla versus Kong movie because they've been teasing it for three freaking films. And they get that praise for the movie because they did it the right way. So they're going to have to figure out their own stuff. I think them saying that they don't, they don't intend to do it or they have no plans to do it means exactly that they had zero plans to, to try to, to try to continue on with what Zack Snyder made. He's still interested in doing movies with DC films after getting shafted the way he did. So I think if anything, it's all going to work out in the end here. Here's hoping, but you know, I could be wrong and that's fine by me. I, you can't always be right. And if you were always, if I was always right, I wouldn't be making a podcast. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be making a whole bunch of different things and I'm just living a relaxing life and just having the silver spoon in my fingertips, but it is not the case for me. So that's my full take on the non-spoiler view of this whole movie. I'll go into more depth in just a little bit. Um, but for the non-spoiler people who wanted to listen, it is definitely worth the four hours that you're going to be putting in. It's also set up in six parts. So if you want to take the break and treat it like a TV show, you absolutely can and just pick off from where you left off. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to, it's not going to make the movie less enjoyable. 
But if you're just one of those people who just can't do it, you know, there's always the chance of just pushing it off, just pushing it off just a little bit to the side and just working on it piece by piece, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And it, but, but the movie is still worth it. So now into my spoiler review. I want to talk about the major differences I noticed in the films. The major differences was for one, for, for me, the first one was the direction of the film. I could totally tell where, where Joss Whedon's uh, uh, reshoots came into play. They came into play with the beginning of the first uh, scene where Batman is fighting off a parademon and he's getting attracted by the fear of the criminal that he's got that uses as bait. And they wanted to use, and he, I guess he wanted to use that to showcase the ending of Justice League to show that when Stephen Wolf becomes fearful of losing at the end, that the parademons basically take him and just then get rid of him themselves. Which then doesn't really leave anything open to for discussion about what the next steps were going to be, and that and that was again for me another thing that I just did not like. You're you give me this whole big spiel about like him coming from a different planet. Well, why aren't we teasing that planet? Why aren't we talking a little bit about that? Why aren't we showcasing just a little bit of the mastermind behind this? I mean, hell, Josh Whedon did that in Avengers and everybody was swooning over the possibility of seeing Thanos. It was just even in 2012, like that stuff was real. Like people wanted to see it so badly right afterwards. So without giving anybody a little taste of that and then just showcasing the Injustice League with um, Lex Luthor and uh, Deathstroke at the end, it kind of doesn't really sell you on it that much because first of all, you're not really fully ingrained with Lex Luthor because you only saw him for one film. Um, everybody kind of didn't really like the Jesse Eisenberg view uh, take on, you know, Lex Luthor to begin with either. I thought he was good. But other people didn't, and that kind of just you know doesn't solidify a good post credit scene. On top of that, you put uh, Joe. Uh, Joe, um, oh, I'm always going to get his name wrong, and I just it hurts me. It does. Uh, Menangelo. I hope I got his name right. I just I really do because I <laughs> I keep messing up his name. Menangelo. Menangelo. Joe Menangelo. Uh, he was going to be big Deathstroke, but then there was going to be a new, there was going to be a Batman film with Ben Affleck and him going at it. And that was supposed to showcase him, which, okay, I get that would have been good, but you know, I need more, I need more. I need, I definitely need something that's going to bring me back to really wanting to see another justice league collab. With the one they did in 2017, it was corny, it was cheesy, it was so over the top on the whole 1970s justice facade, which, to be frank, has no real place in a supposed serious movie. If you're really trying to be serious with me, don't give me a whole big spiel about truth and justice. I mean, come on, man. Like, we're not... We're not. We're not kids. We're not. We're not some youth. You can just turn around with a with a smile and then say words, truth, and justice, and I'm going to jump out of my seat. 
you know, if you didn't do anything really cool, like Superman says that in the movie, and he does, and he, he said in the 2017 one, and it just was just the corniest thing in the world, and I just couldn't believe he said it, and I couldn't believe it was in the film, and I was like, you're trying to make a serious film with a little humor jabbed into it. But to do that, and on top of that, you have his cheesy uh, CGI. It's like, whoa, dude, what were you thinking? What, what, what were you thinking, man? Like, come on, come on. Like, that's, that's not going to get anybody on board. That's just going to make everybody just be so turned off by that. But, hey, you know, maybe I'm the only one who thought that. But, you know, hopefully there's other people listening and maybe they're going to feel the same way. So, besides that, you know, the villain, and I said it before in the, in the beginning, uh, the villain was so different. I, you know, Stephen Wolf had that drive, that anger, you know, um, intensity like he wanted to fight and he wanted to win the underwater scene in the 2017 is probably one of the worst fighting cgi scenes i've ever seen in my entire life because you put basically steph wolf an alien from a different planet and then you put him into an arena with atlanteans and the atlanteans lose in like three three seconds by just getting hit punched and kicked like, come on, man. And it doesn't even look like he's doing that much damage to them. In the Snyder Cut, that fixes everything. It shows that they're getting absolutely brutalized by the freaking axe and that he's and that he's just overpowering them, even though they're trying their best to hold on and they actually do fight. So even Mara puts up a better fight in the in the other one too, which which is what I want, which is what everybody wanted to see. Again. I'm just going to continue on my review instead of complaining about it. So the other major, the other major difference was the character development for flash and cyborg with having Silas stone's dad die. It really showed we get with Silas stone dying in the movie. It really showed cyborg coming together as himself, fixing up his life, knowing that he's got to do it all on his own now. And that he almost and that he completely appreciated his father for what he did at the end, even though they never really connected through the whole thing, which is the perfect kind of father, you know, uh, and father and son relationship where it becomes a, um, I want to say, it was more like a. Uh, Uh, not, not, it was neglected, neglected relationship where you want to see that consolence and that, and that resolution between those two. And unfortunately it happens because of Silas Stone's death, but it was the perf it's, it just, it was real character development. You really felt for him. You really wanted to feel for Cyborg with Barry. You feel his struggle every day trying to come up with this new way of trying to get his dad out of prison because he's got four or five jobs on top of that. He's still a funny guy, but he's also kind of serious in a little bit. He's got a little bit more of a story to him. 
at the ending where he saves everybody. It was it was so it was so important to showcase that Flash also can have this big contribute to Justice League. Like in the other one, he barely even contributed. Um, ben Affleck has a, so much of a better role in this movie because he shows, you know, yes, he shows the Bruce Wayne side that we love, and he also shows his Dark Knight side, which is serious. And the fighting was a lot better as well. Like I could see that he, there was just there uh, the movements, the transitions through the movie were ten times better. You knew you could just you could just absolutely tell. And he was also being way too cheesy in the movie in the 2017 one. Like jokes here and there. It's like, come on, man. Like Batman does not do that. You, you got to just cut that out real quick. And then with Wonder Woman, she becomes back to being a badass. She she, she almost like she almost feels like it, it, there was some kind of uh, rope, uh, pun, pun, in, uh, <laughs> pun intended, uh, holding her back from trying to become what she was made to do. You know, she was a fighter. She is an, an Amazon. She, you know, she, she's not made to just, you know, do this like half-ass stuff, which is kind of what it felt like she was doing. And it was just so, again, cheesy, corny. And it was just the, 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 whole, the whole tone of the movie was brought back with better transition, a better tone and better character development for all of the, for every single character, including Aquaman who gets his own little character development too. But what's funny is that, you know, that kind of helped with, you know, the Aquaman movie that James Wan did. But, you know, if it came out in 2017, you'd feel better watching into Aquaman. It's like, Oh, I know, I know how this is going to, I, I could, Oh, uh, that, that makes sense. Cause I saw that before. But, you know, you can't fix the past. You can only, you know, try to try to change, try to, you know, make make better plans for the future. So that's that's kind of what happened there. And um, obviously, I've just basically said that this is a better movie than the other one was just 100 times worse. You, you, you can't even you can't even think of watching the other one now. It's like say, it's like saying I'm going to watch the theatrical cut of Lord of the Rings even though I've watched every extended cut. Like nobody does that anymore. I I've known a bunch of people who you like say, who have made fun of me for just, you know, just saying that I used to watch the theatrical cut when I was a kid. I was like no, no, no. You got to watch the extended cut. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, it's the only way you can watch it. And then as I grew up, I started realizing that, yeah, there's so many scenes that get taken out that I don't see anything, you know, that just everything just gets so many different scenes get taken out that you're just like, I got to watch these again. Why is this not the way I used to, the way I like to watch it? Because it's the, it's the extended cut. And this one is just, it's just the fact that this movie is a better transition. It's more entertaining. It's got a better tone, better character development. The antagonist is much better, including the fact that they put Darkseid in there, which Darkseid looks like a badass. Putting him in really just solidifies a future for the DC Universe as a whole. Because not only does it bring somebody who is collectively against everybody at every single turn in the DC universe 
Darkseid is is somebody who can be almost unbeatable on every single term for any hero, including Superman. So having him there, having him be that ultimate evil that has to be beaten, just proves that DC the DC universe has a shot of moving forward with everything. However, if they don't want to move forward with it, I, I, that's 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 on them, and I can't persuade them to fix that. So that's my. Uh, I was that, that. I mean, honestly, if you're if you're really gonna say that that you want to restore the Snyder Cut, you got it. The Snyder Universe, you have to just realize that it takes a while for production companies to real. I mean, hell, it took two years for the production company to come out with the Snyder Cut. It's gonna take a while for the for for Warner Brothers to realize. They have a real shot at keeping what they have with the DC films. Taking away that taking away that chance would be fatal to them on a, on a major level. So again, this is all in Warner Brothers' court. And for me, this movie. I'll, I, if I've said it many times, I'm sorry. If any, if I, this is this is again my first podcast episode. For me, this movie is a solid eight out of ten, only because of what it fixes and how it transitions. Because you know what it is, this movie is an 8 and the 8 out of 10 because of the fact of how it fixes the mistakes of the past. It's hard to do. It's hard to really remake something, remake a movie and make it that much better than the original. It's very hard to do. It's 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 almost unattainable for a lot of movies to do. Like I'd have to say probably an unpopular opinion, Blade Runner Final Cut is is not as good as Blade Runner two, 20, uh, the new Blade Runner movie. I don't know why, but I just thought that the second Blade Runner was so good. I, I loved every second of it. The second Blade Runner was just unbelievable. It was just so, so good. Yes, the, the, the first one has its own sp- special place because of the foundations that it makes for everybody. But... You got it. You got to just give credit to where credit's due. The second one was just really good. It's hard to beat the original. It's very hard to beat the original. Not many people have been able to do it, and it only does not. It does not just come from doing special effects, better actors. It comes from better script, better directing, better production. It comes with everything coming in together. And doing it right. It's it's very hard to beat an original. Especially when the original either leaves a bad taste in your mouth or a good taste in your mouth. Bad taste in your mouth makes you think that, oh, next one's not going to be that great. Good taste in your mouth makes you think it's never going to be better than what I just saw. So you're always going to have those competing facts when you're trying to remake something and make it better 
than the original. And this one does it. Hands down. Absolutely. And the fact that it succeeds the original in the way it does give, makes me give it an 8, eight out of 10, even just because not only just because of just how the storytelling was so much better, the transition through the movie was so much better. The character development antagonist protagonist, all of them got what they deserved out of this story. And hopefully we see more of it because, you know, yeah, it's a money-making machine. Everybody goes in, buys in just because they want to just get entertained for for two hours, and that's fine. We're all been cogs in this machine to really just understand where we exist in this whole scheme of things. But I want to be entertained well. I don't want to be. I don't want to keep getting underwhelmed by everything that that that's going to be put out by the by entertainment. You know. If I want to be underwhelmed, I want I'll watch I'll watch some 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 really cheesy cart cartoons or uh, or or some 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 really old TV shows or you know something that I just know is just bad in general and I'll just throw that on. I want to be not a, and I don't want to be overwhelmed all the time because you're going to keep overwhelming me. I'm never going to be satisfied with what you're going to come out with. I want to be just in that middle of just being whelmed with just a little more. A little a little overwhelmed is fine with me. A little overwhelmed is fine. You get me into that little that little cutoff between whelmed and overwhelmed, I'm going to be happy. And I think everybody else will too because it's going to be that satisfying thing you just saw and then maybe just a little bit more. It leaves it leaves it leaves that whole big thing where you could just say, oh, man, I was satisfied. And then the next person goes to you and says, Oh man, that was exhilarating. Like there is just that happy little medium. You can just get right in there and it'll be perfect. You don't have to overdo it, Warner Brothers. We just you, you gotta make it something that we're all gonna jump on and be happy with. All right, so that is my review of the Snyder Cut and the Justice League 2017 movie. I hope I didn't ramble on too much because I felt like I kind of did a little bit. Yes, first podcast, I get it. I have room to improve, obviously. Um, I'll definitely review it and try better for next time. If anything, I want to try to do uh, Godzilla versus Kong review either uh, next week or in two weeks trying to get a timeline down for when these episodes come out. But uh, if anything, they'll just pop up your notifications if you are subscribed to me. So I hope you all have a great day uh, or a great night. Everything in this world is gone haywire. And everything just seems so out of place. You don't even know where up is up or down is down anymore. But the one thing that is always going to be very constant in this, and it's not going to be something cheesy like movies are going to be that thing. No. But it's always going to be the fact that we're always going to find ways to just get through it together. And hopefully people have been doing that all throughout 2020, through most of 2021. And I'm hoping that 
if anything, for me, it's always, it's, it's, this is the, my, my thing is that I always like bringing movies into, into this because I enjoy them very much. And I love showing that to my family and bringing them along with it because they show as much enjoyment as I do about these things. And that makes me extremely happy and also excites me to show them more. And it brings us closer together when we talk about it and then, you know, discuss about different things. So I hope that everybody has been doing well through all of this and making new friends and coming up with different ways to interact with everybody. Cause hell we all need a new outlet. And for right now, this one's going to be mine. So I hope to hear, I hope to uh, do another podcast soon in the next uh, two weeks, probably going to do Godzilla versus Kong as my review. And uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be it for me. This is Pure Brush Reviews. My name is Christopher McBride. Have a nice time.